From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, where's Luna's Bitcoin? Grayscale's EU ETF and my friends in Oz, pay your taxes. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. I hope you didn't miss me over the weekend. There are two reasons why I didn't podcast over this weekend. Number one, it would have been the same thing every day. It would have been Luna, 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 Luna. And so I wanted to give you a weekend off to clear your head and maybe decompress from the crazy week, which is going to go into what I want you to read at the end of the show. Also, it was just too damn nice outside. I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter, but I gave you a garden update and, well, I had to plant all my leafy greens. I had to plant my tomatoes. I'm uh, experimenting with some zucchini right now. It's a little too early. The Our growing season really doesn't kick in for some hotter vegetables until June, but I'm experimenting with some zucchini and some cucumbers, and I put them out a little early. I grew them from seed just to see what happens if they go out May 15th. Well, I know that's super interesting for you, but... I really enjoy it, and I love the fresh veggies all summer long. We're over here actually thinking about expanding the garden. We have four raised beds. We're wondering, should we just go all in? Should we ape into gardening? Do eight raised beds? Make a proper fence? Get an irrigation system? Huh, what do you think? If you're a gardener, let me know. Is it worth it? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Let's get into those crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 8.22 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $29,811, down 1.8% in 24, down 10% in 7. Ethereum's at $2,025, down 2.9% in 24. Teller's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is number 5 at 296, down 2.8% in 24, or 11% in 7. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Cardano, Solana, Binance USD, or BUSD, and Dogecoin. Total market cap is at $1.27 trillion, a BTC dominance of 44.5 and an F dominance of 19.2. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our Coin of the Day today is Litecoin, which I'm surprised we haven't covered yet. Its ticker is LTC, ranked number 20 on Coin Market Cap. Its price right now is $66.82, down 3.9% in 24. Its market cap is $4.6 billion. Fully diluted is $5.6 billion. 84% of Litecoin is in circulation of its max supply of $84 million. Litecoin's all-time high was a year ago at $412. It's down 83% since then, which there's a lot of long-term uh, Litecoin hodlers, so we understand the ebbs and flows of this. Uh, Coin market cap says the all-time low is at one dollar and eleven cents seven years ago. I don't know about that, but we're gonna just take it with you know for what it is at a face value. So where can you buy Litecoin? Well, everywhere. So I'm not even gonna tell you all the exchanges because everywhere, everywhere lists Litecoin. 
And so what is Litecoin? I know you guys probably know, but we're going to tell you anyway. Litecoin was a cryptocurrency designed to provide fast, secure, and low-cost payments by leveraging the unique properties of the blockchain technology. The cryptocurrency was based on Bitcoin, but it differs in terms of hashing algorithm used, hard cap, block transaction times, and a few other factors. Litecoin has a block time of 2.5 minutes and extremely low transaction fees, making it suitable for microtransactions and point-of-sale payments. This cryptocurrency was created by Charlie Lee, who was a former Google employee, who was a former Coinbase employee, and made Litecoin and then became very rich off of Litecoin. Anyway, that's Litecoin. Ticker LTC, ranked number 20 on CoinMarketCap. Moving into today's news. Well, first is an email from John, and John wrote in to talk about his lunar hodling experience. said, hi, Matthew. There's no way I can share all my thoughts in an email, but I'm a lunar hodler. And I finally sold all my UST for pennies on the dollar today. I sold all my Luna, but I'm keeping the rest stakes and it's not worth my time to unstake and sell. Maybe it will help if someone decides to revive the project or run the chain in their garage on like a Raspberry Pi or something. Also, I wasn't aware of the fun fact that Do Kwan was involved in an earlier fiasco. If you guys remember, uh, he was also the creator of Basis Algorithms Stablecoin that failed. He continues to say it's mind-blowing to have followed this project and see a strong community and to see the future. For the future, even if the goal of decentralization, I can't invest in a project I can't trust. I'm taking notes on what happened to learn from this to become a better investor. The risks are many, but I do think there's a fantastic technology out there. On a final note, I'm all in for innovation, and the competition is fierce, but I'd rather invest in fewer solid projects, or at least ones with cute dogs on the coins. For listeners, I'm not a financial professor or advisor, and I'm probably not sane. Don't try this at home. Take this in small doses. Side effects include nausea, explosive diarrhea, and getting wrecked. John, well, thank you for that, John. Thank you. I bet there's other Luna huddlers out there that might have a story. Please email me, matthewrenatdecrypt.co. So what does the top brass of the crypto industry think? At Sasso, Zero X said this, Stop experimenting with Ponzi's, algal stables, yield farming, and other unsustainable nonsense. Start experimenting with public goods, fundings, governance, DAOs, decentralized identity, reputation, and privacy tools. Vitalik Buterin seized the opportunity to reply and respond to that tweet. He said, Agree hard on this with one quibble that algal stablecoins have become propaganda term, serving to legitimize uncollateralized stables by putting them in the same bucket as collateralized stables like DAI. We need to really emphasize that they are very two different things. And remember, last week I told you about DAI and MakerDAO. So, for example, if you put up one Bitcoin and Bitcoin's sitting at $30,000, they'll let you take $15,000 in loans. And if Bitcoin goes to, say, $27,000, they say put up more Bitcoin so you can keep this loan. And if you don't, they'll take your Bitcoin. You could keep that $15,000, but they got your $27,000 worth of Bitcoin. And that's how they keep the protection. And so how does UST work, that algo stablecoin? Well, it isn't backed by cash or assets like other stablecoins like USDT, USDC, BUSD. Well, I think BUSD. Instead, it's an algorithm that ties UST's value to Luna via burning and minting mechanisms designed to keep the peg at $1. That mechanism, remember, collapsed last week, wiping out UST and Luna and some $40 billion in value. So at Crypto Lionel has a final solution for at Terra Money. Hard fork to Terra 2, meaning to stop Terra and make Terra 2. Snapshot the holdings before the collapse trigger and provide hodlers with new Luna 2 tokens. Create a new better chain with Luna 2 or UST2. Pool and repay old UST peg and then build. CZ Jow was like, personal opinion, not financial advice. This won't work. 
Forking does not give the new fork any value. That's wishful thinking. One cannot void transactions after an old snapshot, both on-chain and off-chain exchanges. Also, he asks, where is the Bitcoin that's supposed to be used as reserves? First, my comments on this. Of course, it won't work. Forking won't work. Of course, you can fork it, but that's just a do-over. You'll be forking into a new project and lying to people and saying that everything is okay. But in fact, it'll be a completely new project. You're trying to do it over again. It's like a mulligan in golf. If Luna were to fork and you would create this whole new chain and give people a Luna 2, you're basically saying, hey, let's just do this over again the exact same way. We might change some things and you're hoping people put money into this project and I promise you the result will be the same. So what happened to the Bitcoin? Well, since January, LFG or Luna Foundation Guard has stockpiled over $3.5 billion in reserves of Bitcoin, Avalanche, Luna, and UST to deploy if UST ever slipped below a dollar. Well, according to blockchain analytics platform Elliptic, on Monday, hours before LFG's announcement of the $1.5 billion loan, a Bitcoin address associated with LFG set roughly $750 million worth of Bitcoin to a new address. That evening, a further $930 million worth of Bitcoin was set from multiple LFG-associated wallets to that same address. This total... 52,189 Bitcoin worth over $1.6 billion was then moved from a new address to a single account in Gemini. The transfer left 28,205 Bitcoin worth around $875 million at the time in LFG's reserves. Early Tuesday morning, the whole amount was moved to an account at Binance. This is what LFG says in a tweet thread. Link is in the show notes if you want to read for yourself. But I'm starting at number eight. As of now, the foundation's remaining reserves is consistent with the following assets. 313 Bitcoin, 39,914 Binance, 1.97 AVAX, 1.84 billion UST, and 22.7 million Luna. All the assets will be returned to us tagged in the dashboard.lfg.org shortly. The Luna previously staked is unbounding and will be returned in 20 days. The foundation is looking to use the remaining assets to compensate remaining users of UST, smallest hodlers first. We are still debating through various distribution methods, updates to follow soon. So yes, now we know how much is in the reserves. I hope that somebody follows the blockchain to see how everything was actually liquidated to make sure that we have confirmation of that. But here's what I think should happen. I think that they really should compensate at least cost basis of people who've been hodlers from the beginning. And I'm not talking about people who aped in at, you know, 50 bucks or 80 bucks or $100 when on the way up thinking that, okay, now it's going to go to the moon. Or the DGENs that bought in at $0.04 cents before Luna flooded the markets with newly minted trillions of Luna. No, those are DGENs. Or people who are trying to buy right now to see if they can trade the, uh, I guess, the instability or the fluctuations or the volatility of the asset as it sits right now. No. But there are people who've been following this project investing in this project, has been advocating in the space, and who's been loud voices in their community. I think if they have enough money to make sure that those people, identify those people, you fulfill their cost basis at least and make them whole so they didn't lose their initial investment. I mean, and there's, I don't know how many people that would be. I don't even know if it's possible. But there are many people that really believed in the project and for free advocated in the community. Try to make them whole. The Australian Taxation Office, or the ATO, reminded consumers that selling a token can attract capital gains tax, just as it would for the sale of property, shares, or other assets. Taxes on the sales of digital tokens, including NFTs, were identified as one of the areas where the taxman is frequently seeing errors. Through our data collection processes, 
We know that many Aussies are buying, selling, and exchanging digital coins and assets, so it's important for people to understand what it means for their tax obligations. And that comes from the ATO Assistant Commissioner, Tim Lowe. All my friends in Oz, NFTs are included in the range of assets of which taxpayers must be aware and are subject to capital gains tax if sold for a profit. Grayscale launches European Futures of Finance ETF, tracking crypto firms. The fund is based on the Bloomberg Grayscale Futures of Finance Index, which tracks the performance of financial service companies projected to be leaders of the emerging digital economy. These include stocks from Robinhood, PayPal, Block, and Coinbase, and several other crypto mining companies and energy management firms. GFOF was first launched in February this year on the New York Stock Exchange and currently includes 21 publicly traded companies. The fund's starting price was around $25.93, however, it's plunged to $14.69. At Grayscale, we have long believed that the digital economy will be a major driver for the development and growth of the global economy. European investors now have the opportunity to receive exposure to the companies that are pivotal in their evolution of global financial systems. And that comes from Grayscale's global head of ETFs. Kraken CEO Jesse Powell was just on GM, another podcast from Decrypt Media. And he isn't overflowing with love for the government. When New York announced its controversial bit license regulatory framework in 2015, Powell immediately and permanently pulled Kraken out of the state, later referring to New York as that abusive controlling ex that you broke up with three years ago but keeps stalking you. Last month, Powell, he added another ex to the list. Kraken's San Francisco headquarters. In early April, Powell shut down Kraken's global headquarters in San Francisco's financial district, setting rampant crime, mental illness, and drug abuse in the area as dangerous to Kraken employees that were no longer tolerable. Powell said, I used to live a 12-minute walk from the office in Soma, and every day it was like playing hopscotch over feces and needles and guys with machetes. San Francisco has fallen quite far. I first moved there around 2013, and it was a very different place than it is today. It was much safer it was much cleaner, and since then, I've just seen it deteriorate. Are you listening in San Francisco right now? What do you think of those comments? Let me know. I'm not there. I have no way to prove it or not prove it. It is the narrative that's going around. It sounds like there's some truth to it. Let me know. Let us know. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And finally, what I want you to read today. Seven big moments from Bitcoin and crypto's craziest week ever. And that was written by executive editor Jeff John Roberts. And here are some things that he mentions. Number one, obviously, Terra goes up in flames. Number two, $200 billion of crypto value wiped out in 24 hours. Coinbase's collapse. <laughs> I mean, you remember Coinbase IPO? It went up to $381 last year. And last week, it was down to 40 bucks. Tether breaks the buck, dipping to $0.95. Cents. Sam Bankman-Fried buys a little bit of Robinhood. And Elon Musk says, eh, maybe I won't buy Twitter. Or maybe I will. What is he even doing? Anyway, read that article. Interesting read. Crazy week. Another day, another Decrypt Daily. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>